Well, hello there. It's another day. I'm Jim Harrington. Bill Knight is off today. He has a, a personal day. You have just me, but we have a lot of news to talk about. The main story, the story that is capturing the world today, of course, the Middle East and what's happening in Israel. And it seems that uh, the entire neighborhood is on fire, not just Israel. It seems like uh, they're launching missiles into Israel from Lebanon, not just the Gaza Strip. And uh, in case you, you took the weekend off and were away from the news, what happened was over the weekend, um, Hamas militants invaded Israel Saturday morning in a sneak attack uh, that killed over 700 Israeli soldiers and citizens. There was a party going on. I said it happened on Saturday morning. I think it was more like late Saturday afternoon. There was a party going on in um, one of the the uh, settlements near the Gaza Strip, and there were young people celebrating peace. They were uh, they were there to dance, have a good time, and I guess talk about the idea of things calming down in that area. Well, instead of that happening, they were brutally attacked. You can see there's a video online of uh, people who were dancing and the music's blaring in the background. And in the skies, off in the distance, you can see paragliders. That's how many of the uh, Hamas militants got into the country undetected. They flew in on paragliders. If you don't know what they are, they're like, uh, think of a, uh, a chaise lounge, a lawn chair with a big fan behind it and uh, being held in the air by uh, a parachute. And uh, the guy sits in it, maybe two people sit on it, and they literally fly in like a small airplane, usually not too uh, high up, like three or 400 feet in the air. So if there's radar, they're not detected for the most part because they're flying below the radar. And that's what happened here. They came in, a whole bunch of them, uh, guns blaring, the music was so loud at this party, they didn't hear the, the noise from the guns and the, uh, the motors from the paragliders until it was too late. By the time they heard it, they were right there upon them. And um, so uh, they initially said there were a handful of people killed. Then they said 260. And now the number is 700. And I think they're still counting. There were some Americans who were visiting Israel and some who were at this party. And uh, Tony Blinken, our, our Secretary of State, who uh, I, I don't think much of, uh, he was on CNN. They were talking about uh, the loss. Here's what he had to say. Mr. Secretary, does the administration know at this point if U.S. citizens were among the dead or those taken hostage? So we have reports that several uh, Americans may be among the dead. We are very actively working to verify those reports. Similarly, we've seen reports about, um, about hostages, and there again, we're very actively trying to verify them uh, and uh, nail that down. Meaning that there could be some U.S. citizens who have been taken hostage as well, Mr. Secretary? That's correct. And does the United States have a role, given that, and more broadly speaking, in securing the release of the hostages that have been taken, both Israeli hostages and U.S. hostages and any other nationalities? 
Well, Christian, first, I'm not going to get ahead of the facts. We need to establish the facts. Second, uh, any American anywhere who's being detained or held hostage, that is going to be a priority for, uh, for this government, for this administration, and for me. But I don't want to get ahead of where we are. We have reports. We need to verify them. He doesn't want to get ahead of the facts. So well, here's a fact that we all can agree on. Uh, not too long ago, Tony, you and the administration gave $6 billion. You released $6 billion to Iran. And now they're saying much of that money is being used to fund this war. And your administration also bailed out on Afghanistan, leaving behind $85 billion worth of our best equipment. And now they're saying a lot of that equipment is ending up in the Gaza Strip, in the hands of Hamas. So much of the equipment you left behind and the money you sent over to Iran is being used to make this a reality, this war a reality. And uh, it, it, uh, it, it is absolutely a sin that we have done this. And now we're in a situation where we're supposed to come to the aid of our ally. Our ally is Israel. Now, if Donald Trump were president, there would be no question about our support. But looking at past history with this administration and the Obama administration, they have historically bailed after a short period of time. When I say short period of time, I'm talking about a couple of weeks. Usually after a couple of weeks, they start to talk about maybe we should have peace. Maybe we should talk about de-escalating the situation. This is a situation that was not brought upon by Israel. Now, maybe you believe Israel's default, but in this situation, this was a definitive direct attack by Hamas, and um, there's no question about it. Over the weekend, there were rallies in the United States for this, uh, this attack by Hamas. They were supporting the attack on Israel uh, in cities like New York and uh, Boston, Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, Chicago, Los Angeles, Miami, all over the uh, United States, there were get-togethers. In Times Square in New York, there was a big one supporting the attack. Mind you, innocent people, women and children, were basically the victims in this attack. Unarmed women and children. 260 people at that party I was talking about, dead. They, they said it. It looked like going to a plane crash site. There were so many bodies. And one of the bodies, they paraded all over the place uh, in the back of a pickup while they spit on it and paraded it around uh, town like it was a celebratory war trophy was the body of a German woman, a young German woman, 30 years old, who had gone to the party to show her support for peace in the region. And... They took her body and they abused it. And all the while they were saying, Allah Akbar, and I'm not, I'm not Muslim, but I, I'm under the impression that means God is great. God is great. They do such an evil thing, and they do it in the name of God. That, uh, that's confusing to me at the very least. Where does this go? We're going to 
we're going to support Israel. We sent over an aircraft carrier, I guess and a couple of other ships, to be near the region. But what does this what does this say? I mean, are we going to do anything with that aircraft carrier, or is it just going to sit off the coast? By the way, Iran has very sophisticated cruise missiles now that can probably do some terrible damage on things like an aircraft carrier, not the most maneuverable ship there is. And uh, um, we are putting our ship and our sailors in harm's way with no plan of action. It's one thing to put your troops into a war situation if you're going to use them in that war. If you're just going to take your your uh, people and put them in harm's way as a show of what? Force? Like you got a big ship and you're going to do something? I mean, there has to be a reason for doing things like that. And uh, so far, nothing. Tom Cotton is a senator from Arkansas. Um, he vacillates. Sometimes I'm, on, I'm a big supporter of him. He seems to say the right thing. Uh, he's a, also a big supporter, I believe, of Ukraine, which uh, I disagree with him wholeheartedly on. But he was on uh, TV with Maria Bartiromo over the weekend, and he talked about how we should handle our, our situation in our relationship with Israel right now. I want to express my deepest condolences and sympathy to the nation of Israel and to all the families who lost loved ones or, or had loved ones wounded. I also want to express to the nation of Israel that we stand four square behind them in, in this war to destroy Hamas and its war making and governing capabilities because this is something unlike Israel has faced probably in 50 years since the Yom Kippur War. Uh, President Biden said yesterday that Israel has America's rock-solid and unwavering support, and that's fine that he said that yesterday, but we have to be with them in the long run. There's a long history, especially with President Biden or President Obama before him, after four, seven, 10, 14 days, days of Israeli operations against terrorist groups like Hamas and Hezbollah, backed by Iran, uh, of going wobbly, of demanding restraint, uh, of seeking a ceasefire. We can't do that this time. President Biden often says that we're going to support Ukraine for as long as it takes. After yesterday's savage butchery in Israel, surely President Biden will also support Israel for as long as it takes to destroy Hamas. Well, this is a good point, and I'd like to understand better what that support looks like. What specifically does the administration mean when it says we will support Israel? Is that humanitarian efforts? Is that armament and weaponry? What does that mean? Maria, what Israel needs now more than anything is freedom of action. There's no question that the Israeli Defense Forces can destroy Hamas inside the Gaza Strip. But they need the freedom of action in time to destroy Hamas. That takes a form of American military, diplomatic, and political support. The military support may require resupply of things like interceptors for their missile defense systems or artillery shells, rockets, missiles, small arms ammunition. It, it may take more intangible forms of support like mission planning for what will be very complex urban operations or intelligence support as well. In addition to that military support, the United States needs to provide diplomatic and political support. Again, it's nice to see European leaders lighting up their national legislatures with the Israeli flag. But when Hamas starts trotting out dead bodies of civilian casualties caused by Hamas's use of civilians, 
as human shields in the days ahead and European leaders and the United Nations and liberals in the Democratic Party start pressuring President Biden to demand a ceasefire or demand that Israel withdraw, it's essential that President Biden not give an inch, that he give Israel the time and the freedom of action it needs to destroy Hamas. Again, if President Biden can stand with Ukraine for as long as it takes, I hope President Biden can stand with Israel for as long as it takes. Well, you make a good point because there is debate in terms of uh, any more money going to Ukraine. Do you think you'll see pushback on a congressional level in terms of providing the money or humanitarian or weaponry needed to Israel? No, I think we'll have we'll have widespread bipartisan support to provide Israel the aid it needs. I'm not sure that's necessary right now. The president has plenty of authorities under existing law to transfer weapons or to provide mission planning or intelligence support to Israel. But what they really need to do in the administration, up to and including the president, is to provide that political and diplomatic support to Israel when it begins to face pressure from European nations or the United Nations or a bunch of liberal human rights activists, do-gooders, that want them to withdraw draw from Gaza or have a ceasefire. They need the time, the freedom of action to destroy Israel. The United States can provide that to them. Senator, I want to get your take on, uh, on, on, on the support or lack of support that this administration has shown Iran. Uh, everyone has said over the last 48 hours that Iran is behind this uh, Hamas attack on Israel. Uh, about a month ago, Iran claimed that the money that was unleashed, the $6 billion, that there will be no restrictions on that money uh, released in the U.S. prisoner exchange, despite the fact that the administration continues to say that money will only be used for humanitarian purposes. Walk us through how we arrived here. Uh, and here is John Ratcliffe, the former director of national intelligence, on with Fox and Friends about an hour ago, uh, as uh, he was asked uh, about the administration's pushback that the $6 billion that was unleashed has nothing to do with the attack this morning. Watch. Those words ring hollow from the Biden administration. They're disingenuous um, at best. Look, it's it's not even just this six billion dollars, uh, which which clearly is going to further enrich uh, Iran. It's closer to sixty billion dollars. If you look at what what the Biden administration has done to help this Islamic uh, uh, terrorist regime in Iran by uh, stop enforcing sanctions, by lifting restrictions, by allowing Iranian oil to uh, uh, increased by 650% over the last two years. Senator, your thoughts? Well, Hamas and Hezbollah and other terrorist groups in uh, the Middle East are proxies of Iran. And an operation of the complexity of scale yesterday could not have happened in almost all likelihood without Iranian approval and probably Iranian involvement and planning. But as we look forward about what President Biden should do relative to Israel, we should also think about what he's done relative to Iran and what he needs to do now. For three years, the president has appeased Iran, the world's worst state sponsor of terrorism. It's not just the $6 billion that was released from sanctions uh, controls last month. It's $10 billion that was released from Iraq into Iran. It's looking the other way on more than 80 attacks against American troops in, in uh, the Middle East or allowing Iran to threaten shipping in the Persian Gulf, allowing Iran without serious consequence to arm Russia to kill more Ukrainians, releasing hundreds of millions of dollars to the Palestinian Authority since the very beginning of this administration. These are all acts of appeasement, concessions, and weakness that embolden the leaders in Tehran as well as Hamas to believe 
believe that they could launch this brazen, savage attack against Israel. They've yeah. been killing Americans. They've been killing Israelis. They've been killing Ukrainians via Russia. They've been killing their own people through repression and crackdown over the last three years. Why would these terrorist leaders think that it was going to be any different this time around? So in addition to supporting Israel, it's time for President Biden to stop appeasing Iran, stop all payments to Iran, enforce all sanctions to the max, stop all payments to the Palestinians, and make it clear that we will no longer grant these kind of one-sided concessions. Do you see this as an intelligence failure, the fact that Hamas was able to do this? Well, I think looking backwards is something we'll have to do in the months ahead to figure out why we didn't appear to have indicators or warning either in Israel or certainly here in the United States. At the moment, though, rather than looking in the rearview mirror, we should be looking through the windshield or maybe more appropriately, we should be looking through the gun sights at the battle to destroy Hamas in front of us. Senator Tom Cotton, his uh, last part to that answer, uh, I kind of disagree with. It was kind of a political answer. Was it a failure on the part of uh, intelligence? Yes, it absolutely was, because it happened without the knowledge of the Israelis and without our own intelligence knowing about it. It was a definite failure. And the thing that gets me is they put up a wall, apparently, between the Gaza Strip and Israel, so they had to build sophisticated tunnels under the wall. They had to assemble all of these paragliders. They didn't just send over two or three. I mean, there was a fleet of these paragliders that flew into Israel. And they also had, from what I understand, an an assault from sea, from the coast, on certain areas of Israel. So it was a planned, strategic, coordinated attack. And it, it went completely under the radar. And it took Israel by surprise. And Benjamin Netanyahu, to his credit, this is not going to be uh, some kind of a protective measure. This is an all-out war. He declared it on Hamas over the weekend as soon as this happened. And Israel, for the first time in, in decades, is at a state of war. And uh, this is going to make... Uh, for interesting uh, times in the Middle East, because it's not just going to affect Hamas. Hezbollah is going to be involved. They're already involved. Apparently, they've uh, already launched some missiles from Lebanon, and those missiles came from Hezbollah. And they're warning that if Israel doesn't stand down, they're going to increase their their participation in uh, this war. And Iran is helping, obviously. They're talking about the $6 billion that we gave to the Iranians and that money being used to help fund this effort. And also, uh, in case you haven't heard, the Taliban has asked Iran for free passage to assist Hamas in uh, the Gaza Strip in the war. Uh, they Obviously, they want to ship some of that $85 billion worth of our equipment over to uh, the Gaza Strip so they can use it against Israel. And this can't come as a surprise to our people. They had to know when they left all of that equipment behind that it would be used for uh, purposes like this. They can't be surprised. By the way, Anthony, uh, Anthony, it's not Anthony, I should remind myself, he doesn't use the H. Anthony Blinken over the weekend was very defensive when asked whether that eight that $6 billion was going to be used 
uh, in, in that whole Hamas uh, war effort? And he said, no, no, no. It's a, the People who talk like that are talking politically. They're using it for political purposes. No, it's a, it's a, it's a matter of fact. He made it sound as if there were stipulations that uh, Iran had to adhere to. Like, they promised us they wouldn't use it for any bad things, you know, like with children. The fact of the matter is, as soon as they get their hands on it, they can do whatever they want with it. And uh, Antony Blinken and the Biden administration be damned. Well, like I said earlier, we have had demonstrations all weekend uh, in all the major cities from Palestinian supporters, Hamas supporters, people who were celebrating the attack and who were showing places like Harvard University. Big, big demonstration there. Big show of support. And the thing that I always find strange about this is uh, many uh, of the students at Harvard are Jewish. And some of those are people who are supporting the Hamas attack. And it seems to go beyond them that if Hamas were to be totally victorious in the long run, that their lives would be at jeopardy. I mean, if they got their way and the caliphate uh, spread worldwide and, and they won, uh, you, you wouldn't want to be Jewish. But for some reason, that's too much for them to think about right now. Uh, maybe the end thing on campus is to support Hamas, and that seems to be what they're doing. The other thing you have to take into consideration is the amount of people we've allowed into this country, the amount of strangers that have come into this country. And the government has already acknowledged that, yes, we've caught some terrorists who've tried to get into this country. But there are some that we didn't catch. So you have to wonder uh, how many sleeper cells are there in this country right now? People and groups that are, that are ready to cause trouble here. Now, the other thing is China. This is the best time, the best time there is for an attack on Taiwan. Because we've got our hands full. We're giving all of this equipment and money to the Ukraine. We're going to show our support, supposedly, with Israel. And what are we going to do with Taiwan? Can we actually handle three separate fronts? We're having a hard time with the Ukraine. You've probably heard us talk on our show about the fact that we're running out of supplies for our own troops. We've given so much equipment to the Ukraine, that our own our own troops here in the, the United States, including like the Marines, are short on uniforms. Certain type of uniforms that the Marines use every day, they don't have enough of. So we have uniform shortages, we have ammunition shortages, we have artillery pieces that are uh, that we've run short on, and how do we handle three separate war fronts? Have we escalated uh, to a level where we're now uh, at a war footing as far as production? Are we starting to produce more war equipment? I've heard nothing, and I've read nothing about that happening. It's, it's not like World War II. In World War II, we started the war off with uh, our soldiers learning how to march with wooden toy guns because we didn't have enough weapons for them. But in a short period of time, 
We converted plants like the Ford Motor Company plant in Detroit into making airplanes. The, that was the car plant in Detroit was making airplanes. And we did things that were extraordinary to get up to, to speed quickly. But I've heard no talk about that here. Also, we don't have a lot of fuel. You know, we've used our, our uh, surplus oil to bolster our supply. So now our, our uh, surplus oil is so low that they're saying that the cost of gasoline in the country is going to go way up in the next few months because uh, we're starting to feel the effect of not cr- producing more oil. Now we'd have a war in the Middle East. They're probably going to cut the oil law from the Middle East to our country. Uh, it, it's a mess. Also, speaking of cutting off, what I did read is that Israel has shut the uh, water off to the Gaza Strip. That's a big deal. I mean, you know, you can only go so long without water. And if they shut the water off to the Gaza Strip, that's maybe the best uh, military move they've done so far in this very short war. I want to play for you a little short clip from a woman who was a witness to the attack late Saturday afternoon, uh, the one that took the uh, all those people, 260 people at that party. Uh, she did the interview. She was relatively calm. But if you saw the video of her, she looked like she still was in shock. Listen. I was the first one to go out of the field. Still, people took them like two, three hours to go out. And all the way, people were dying all the way on the road. Young people. It's a festival for young people. Many, many people were dying in the road. Whoever tried to run away, they were shooting him from both sides. So best were to hide. A lot of people dead next to her. I was, it was unbelievable that she was able to escape because next, right and left from where the car was there, there were bodies next, right and left. You can really see that the terrorists take, took out people from the car and just gunned them down. I'm not sure if that was her husband or brother or just her boyfriend, but he was saying, when they rescued that lady, when they got there, she was alive, and people to her left and people to her right, right next to her, were dead. And that's the kind of situation this was. They were walking up to innocent people, unarmed people, and just obliterating them. This is the type of situation. This isn't war. That's slaughter. That's slaughter. That's that's. That is ruthless. That is as bad as anything the Germans did. I'm not saying that they, uh, uh, during World War II, look, at, they, they did exactly what the Germans did. They, they obliterated innocent people, and that's exactly what happened on Saturday night. I think I did hear that uh, that's the first time that innocents have been killed in Israel since the war, in that number. We have a situation in this country that I don't know whether we have the right administration handling it, I don't know whether we're going to be uh, the great uh, supporter of Israel that we've always uh, called ourselves. I mean, even Biden was out saying uh, they have our total support. But, you know, actions speak louder than words, and uh, we're going to see how much support he really gives. I don't know whether you're aware of this or not, but uh, the attack happened, I guess it happened uh, Saturday afternoon into the evening. And... It was like 11.30 our time, and Biden was already in bed, so they didn't want to wake him. So he didn't find out about the attack until 
7.30 the next morning. 7.30, that's like eight hours later. And uh, it, it bothered him so much. By the way, I failed to mention there are Americans among the dead. There are American tourists among the dead, the victims of the slaughter. There are Americans among the hostages. We haven't mentioned hostages. They've taken at least 100 women hostage. Now, you may say, why would they do that? Because they know that Israel and the rest of the world is basically civilized, and they're going to use them as shields. They're going to attack. They're going to snipe. And then when Israel starts to show its anger, they're going to present these hostages as shields. You wouldn't hit us because you're going to kill this young woman, and she's one of yours. That's the type of thing they do. That is what has happened uh, with these, these hostages. At least 100 hostages. Some of them are Americans. And uh, in, while we learned all of this over the weekend, uh, on Saturday night uh, at the White House, what did Joe Biden do? He had a barbecue. Yeah, he, while people were being held at gunpoint and being whisked away into uh, the Gaza Strip to an unknown future, our president was laughing and uh, eating steak and uh, having a good old time, not taking this all very seriously. Jim Jordan had some comments about what's going on. He talked with Maria Bartiromo, too. Listen. We need to give Israel the time, the space, the resources so that they can win and win decisively and send a message to these evil people who did this to the to our great friend and great ally, the state of Israel. And understand that every I think every American is praying for the folks in Israel uh, as we speak right now. But I had the opportunity yesterday to talk to former Ambassador Friedman. I talked to Chairman McCall. We do need to get together and get the resources there and the support there so Israel can win. This is there is is a special bond between the state of Israel and the American people. I've been to Israel five times. The, the, the way we can work together and help them has been, it's been a long history of that. We need to make sure we continue that and help them win this as quickly as possible. Uh, do you support additional funding to Israel? What do you want to see in terms of that support? What does that look like? I want, I want to give them what they need to win. And we've, we've been doing that with, with David Sling and Iron Dome, these weapon systems, that, that, that we've worked together with Israel to make sure that they can defend themselves and, and, and stave off all these evil terrorists who want to come and, and attack their, uh, the, the, the Israeli people. So I want to do what, what it takes to win this. But I think Senator Cotton was right. Typically how these things shake out is after a while, there's this push to have Israel restrain themselves. No. Not like this. This happened on the 50th anniversary of the Yom Kippur War. It happened on Shabbat. This, this was intentional, evil actions by these terrorists. And we need to make sure that they have what they need to win and send a message to stop this kind of ridiculous stuff and take, take action against these people who are doing these terrible things. Jim Jordan, his uh, thoughts on what's going on in the Middle East, specifically in Israel. And uh, I... I couldn't help but wonder how far do the uh, Hamas and the Hezbollah people think Israel will go? Do they believe at some point Israel will capitulate and fold? Because I don't see that happening. Even if they were to be in a situation where the entire Middle East were against Israel, 
uh, that would make them all the more deadly in that I do believe, because Israel does have the nuclear bomb, they, they would use it. They would use it against Iran, and they probably would use it against uh, the Gaza Strip if uh, things get desperate for Israel. It's a different situation. Over the weekend, there were, I mentioned this, there were demonstrations in Times Square. It says, pro-Palestinian groups in Times Square could be heard chanting 700, the confirmed number of Israeli dead as of Sunday afternoon. Meanwhile, pro-Israel demonstrators nearby held a, uh, an Israeli flag up and mourned the loss of life, but they were mocked. They were given a difficult time. Uh, it's, I guess, not uh, the in thing today to be pro-Israel. In my opinion, I've lived on this planet for a while, Israel has been a country that has tried to be the lone uh, democracy in a sea of turmoil in the Middle East. They have done an incredible job trying to be a leader, trying to be balanced in the Middle East, trying to live in peace. I don't see Israel trying to go into other regions and uh, take countries away from them. I see them wanting to protect what they have. Some people will say, well, they went in and took Palestine from the Palestinians. But if you want to go way back, that was their land before the Palestinians were there. It's history. I mean, Jesus, the time of Jesus, it was, it was the, the Jews who were from that region. It will be interesting to see whether this war, how far this war will go. Is it going to spread? I think so. I think it's going to end up going into Lebanon. Uh, other countries, I think Saudi Arabia made some comments over the weekend in support of Hamas. I don't know how any civilized country of any religion can look to what happened over the weekend and support it. There's no justification of attack, attacking women and children. That, that, uh, that is beyond my comprehension. But the, apparently the people in Times Square and in Chicago, in Pittsburgh, in Boston, in Miami, in Los Angeles, Chicago, all over the place, these people were demonstrating for Hamas. They were supportive of what they did. President Trump was in Iowa over the weekend, and of course he had comments about what happened. Listen. Israeli attack was made because we are perceived as being weak and ineffective and with a, leak, a really weak leader. And the Hamas terrorist invasion of Israel territory, Israeli territory, and the murder of Israeli soldiers today, and uh, the brutal murder of citizens is an act of savagery that must and will be crushed, has to be, it has to be dealt with very powerfully. This is a time where the United States needs leadership. We don't have leadership. But Israel is at war, and the United States obviously is going to stick with Israel, and strongly. Yeah. The war happened for two reasons. The United States is giving and gave to Iran $6 billion. $6 billion over over hostages over hostages and uh, you know there was a very good trade they got five hostages we got five hostages okay that's the good news the bad news is 
And their hostages were tough, by the way, I have to tell you. That was okay. Let's assume they're doing just fine. But it was five for five. But in addition to that, we agreed to free up six billion dollars. And that is an absolute disaster. And I would not be at all surprised if part of that tremendous wealth that they just accumulated went into all of a sudden watching this level of aggression. They didn't have that level of aggression with me. They didn't have it. This would have never happened with me either. Biden betrayed Israel. He betrayed our country. As president, I will once again stand with Israel. And we will cut off the money to Palestinian terrorists on day one. That's President Trump in Iowa over the weekend talking about uh, Israel and how we uh, how we gave six billion dollars. What a trade that was! We got five of their hostages. They got five of our hostages, and uh, but they also got six billion dollars. Uh, it's no coincidence that this happened under the Biden administration and not the Trump administration. I mean, Trump uh, walked softly but carried a big stick, as they would say. Biden, he will do anything to evade the issue, including have a barbecue the night of the attack. Israel's defense minister, Yov Gallant, announced that he has ordered a complete siege of the Gaza Strip as violence in Israel prompted by the attack from Hamas terrorists goes on. So besides cutting the water off, Supplies into the Gaza Strip completely shut off. Uh, Gaza Strip is now isolated, and they're going to feel the pain in, uh, on the streets of the Gaza Strip very soon when they start running out of things like milk and bread and, uh, and the like. Also, um, over the weekend, Marjorie Taylor Greene was on with Maria Bartiromo, and Maria talked to her about the attack in Israel and also whether the speakership, they're coming back into town tomorrow to start talking and, and debating who the next speaker should be. It seems that Maria was concerned, okay, we have no speaker now. How is that going to affect what we do with our relationship with Israel? And uh, she was uh, kind of insistent at times. Here's how it went with Maria and Marjorie Taylor Greene yesterday. Gun battles are raging this morning in South Israel as air raid sirens warn of continued strikes on Israel after Hamas launched an unprovoked attack on the state of Israel. Uh, this as President Biden and a group of bipartisan lawmakers are pushing for more aid to Ukraine and to be included in the new budget. The U.S. has already committed more than $100 billion in aid to Ukraine since the start of Russia's invasion. Critics are demanding accountability on the aid before any more money is allocated and want to know what specific support the U.S. is giving to America's number one ally in the Middle East, Israel, as it fights back this morning in a war with terrorist group Hamas. Joining me right now, a woman who voted against sending any more money to Ukraine. Right now, Georgia Congresswoman Marjorie Taylor Greene, a member of the House Oversight and Homeland Security Committees. Congresswoman, thank you very much for being here this morning. I want to get to the battle for the speaker's race in a moment, but first, you're on the Homeland Security Committee. What is the impact to the homeland, to America, as we watch this horrific story unfolding in Israel this morning? 
This should be a wake-up call to every single American, Maria, if they have not been woken up already. Uh, what happened to Israel could happen to America because our country has been invaded by millions of people from over 160 countries. And we've been invaded uh, by people we don't even know where there are. There are so many gotaways. The Biden administration cannot keep up with them. And they're all over the streets, all over the entire country. And so what we're seeing in Israel um, could happen to the United States of America, uh, and it'd be foolish to ever think that that's not possible. Has the war on Israel created an expedited situation in terms of getting a speaker in place? Can you walk us through what will take place this week with regard to the Speaker of the House? Yes, absolutely. We're in a serious, weakened position. Uh, Republicans that control the majority in the House of Representatives. I want to remind everyone that we barely control the majority of the House, and that's only one third of the federal government. Uh, what happened last week, I completely disagree with. It was eight Republicans joining with all the Democrats in the House and basically throwing the gavel on the floor and saying it's now up for grabs at anyone that wants it. Uh, this is not a serious thing to do when you control the House of Representatives. And no matter how you feel about Kevin McCarthy, I can tell you I was getting things accomplished because through Kevin McCarthy, I was able to get the Ukraine money taken out of the defense bill. And I fought very hard for that. And I'm proud that that happened. I also got an impeachment inquiry launched which, without a vote in the House of Representatives. And that was because I urged him to do it. And it was so important to, to seriously go after the Bidens for all of their criminal and corrupt actions they've taken while Joe Biden has held power. So I want change in Washington too. I think it needs to happen, but the only way real change can happen is when we control the White House, the Senate and the House of Representatives. But I'm very concerned about where we stand right now. Who are you supporting for speaker? I'm, I'm talking with the people that are running for speaker. Uh, the issues are important to me. I have a bill that would stop uh, transgender surgeries on children. And that bill has been sitting in the Judiciary Committee for quite some time now. And I would like to see it marked up and taken to the floor for a vote. So that's an issue I'm pushing. I'm also continuing to push to stop funding the war in Ukraine and push those countries to peace. Um, and now with what's happening in Israel, we're looking at a whole different situation. I want to track the serial numbers of the weapons that Hamas is using against Israel. And I want to know if they came from Afghanistan or if they came from weapons that we provided to Ukraine. Uh, uh, so these are answers that I want from whoever's running for speaker. Uh, we heard from the UN ambassador earlier on Fox and Friends who said right now there could be dozens of Americans, American Israelis, being held hostage by Hamas. How does that change the, the level of uh, uh, engagement from America? It's extremely serious. Anytime Americans are held hostage in a dangerous situation like this, where we're seeing women and children uh, being kidnapped, babies held in cages, um, elderly people were shot and murdered in the streets. And if Americans are being involved in this, this, this is a very serious situation that involves our country. Um, again, I, I don't want to see America go to war. I want world peace back like we had under President Trump. But we, we have a crisis 
and we're being dragged into this if Americans are involved. Well, I'm, I'm glad you said that. We are in a crisis because we certainly are, given that war is now underway uh, in the Middle East, war on Israel, and it is retaliating. Congressman, you just went through a couple of issues that you want to see uh, finished and uh, completed the way you want to see them before you want to commit to who you're going to vote for speaker. You need 218 votes, and you've got to get behind someone. Are we going to have the answer of who will take the speaker's gavel next week? I hope we can have the answer, Maria. Again, I I didn't well, you, cause this you, problem. You're not committed, but you're not you're not committing right now. You you want you want answers on terms of that bill that you want moved Absolutely. before you give us an answer. Yeah. Right. So I serve the American the American people. I serve the American people, and right now these transgender surgeries on kids is awful. I serve the American people, and I don't think our tax dollars should fund a war in Ukraine. I serve the American people, and I want our borders secured. I serve the American people, and I want our government to stop being weaponized against the American people. That's fine, um, but if so you don't get what you want, are you saying that you will not agree to a speaker, and will this go open-ended beyond next week? No, I'm not saying I won't agree, but I want okay. I want to hear our speaker candidates answer these questions. Okay. And that's the right thing for me to do. I demand answers. I represent my district and whoever wants to be speaker needs to be able to answer how they'll handle those particular issues. Okay, you think we'll get us we'll know who the speaker is by next Friday? I certainly hope so. We should have never been in this predicament in the first place, but okay. I certainly hope so. Congressman, thank you. We'll be watching your work, important work. Marjorie Taylor Greene joining us this morning in Georgia. Thank you. Marjorie Taylor Greene with Maria Bartiromo on uh, Sunday Morning Futures yesterday on Fox. Uh, and uh, it's the beginning of a new week. Right now, uh, it's Monday. And where, where does this t take us? Where do we go from here? Well, like every new week, the business week starts on Monday. The lines of communication are become active again uh, between governments. Uh, and I, I would imagine we're going to uh, see an escalation of the war uh, over the week. We're going to see who the real partners of Israel are. We're going to find out whether people who've been saying they're uh, allies of Israel really are allies of Israel or whether they just talk it. And uh, Israel is in a, in a very precarious situation. Uh, over the weekend, I mentioned this earlier, uh, one of the things that happened was there was a, a serious missile attack on the center of Israel. And uh, there's a picture online, you can see it. There must have been 15 and 20 separate missiles flying into the region all at once. This is what they're facing right now. And, of course, there's, there's, there's always the threat that Iran decides to uh, make its move while Israel's got its hands full. Uh, and I would imagine they will. So um, it's going to be a very busy week, a very hectic week. The good news uh, also, as of this morning, Israel is now under Israeli control for the most part. Uh, any sections of Israel that were... Uh, taken by Hamas over the weekend, have been retaken by the Israelis. And I guess now they're talking about making things difficult for the Hamas that went into. But again, they have 100 hostages. And don't think for one second that they're not going to use those hostages as shields. It's a terrible situation. In the meantime, we're talking about sending billions more to the Ukraine. 
Uh, you know, again, that China is going to make a move probably on Taiwan. There's always the North Korea element. What are they going to do? They're, they're always uh, saber-rattling. Uh, a lot of things can happen. This could be the beginning of some type of world war. And this is the thing that we've been warned about by people like President Trump and others, that we are on the verge of a world war. We always think of a world war between Russia and us, but it could be between other countries, Iran, it could be North Korea, it could be China. Multiple countries like that could be our enemies during a world war. It's going to be a very, very difficult and busy time ahead. Of course, we're going to keep our eye on it here on our program. Uh, I've been doing this solo today because uh, uh, my brother Bill is uh, off doing uh, some personal business, but hopefully he'll be back with us tomorrow and we can get his two cents. I'm sure he'll have a lot to say about what's happening in the Middle East. Uh, if you want to email us, our email address is mail at itsanotherday.com, mail at itsanotherday.com. I think it's also jimandbillatmail.com and mail at jimandbill.com. So we got a lot of bases covered. Our phone number is 833-538-7868, 833-538-7868. And um, feel free to contact us. Let us know what you think. Give us your thoughts, your opinions. We always like to hear it. We also uh, are trying to find out where our listeners really are. We have listeners around the world who we know as a fact, but specifically where they are, it's difficult to find out. So what we're asking a lot of our listeners to do right now is to drop us a quick email. Just um, It could be one line, listening to you in Seattle, listening to you in Phoenix, things like that. Uh, just a quick line to any one of those email addresses, mail at itsanotherday.com, jimandbill at mail.com, or mail at jimandbill.com. Uh, or you can call us on our phone line, 833-538-7868, 833-538-7868. That's going to do it for today's program. A little shorter, not much, but uh, there's a lot of things happening. We're trying to keep you informed. We could have not done a show today at all, uh, but it's just too busy to to not do a program. Too many things are happening, and we have to keep you informed. It's not fair to just bail because we're short one of uh, one of us. So have a great Monday. Say a prayer for the Middle East. Uh, hopefully things will calm down, but I have my doubts. And with a little bit of luck, things will be better tomorrow. I will see you then. I'm not going to try to do Bill's uh, Hasta La Vista, baby. We're out of here because that's his. But then again, I just did it, didn't I? Take care, folks. The Voice of Freedom, CRN America. These days, when you want an answer about just about anything, you ask Alexa. You ask her about the weather. You ask her who won your favorite sporting event. You ask her to find a fact that you can't find anywhere. Well, we did that too. We asked her how many people have downloaded itsanotherday.com. And this is what she said. From acceleration.com. It has been downloaded as much as 260,433,467 times. I know. Seems like a lot. Seems like a lot to us, too. But it's Alexa. Thanks for making us a part of your day. 
and tell your friends about itsanotherday.com. We could use an extra listener. I mean, what do you do when you only have 260 million?